What is going on, my friend? Welcome back to the Dear Heart and the Brain podcast, where we discuss science and science-based tools in everyday life, particularly in neurobiology, exercise physiology, and the nutritional sciences. My name is Jessica Wong, and I am a neuroscience student at the University of Southern California. Today's episode is going to be all about whether a good night's sleep could potentially improve the COVID-19 vaccination. In previous episodes, we talked about the importance of sleep in performance and in longevity. Now, I want to weave in those original themes that we've been repeating over and over again into the theme of COVID-19 vaccinations as they have become more and more available to different groups of California citizens. This is going to be the first part out of our three-part coronavirus vaccine and lifestyle choices series, right? So just a little background, okay? More than 2 million people have passed away from the coronavirus outbreak and different types of mRNA protein subunit and viral vector-based vaccines have been developed in order to reduce the incidence of severe disease and death from COVID-19. So the FDA has given three COVID vaccine authorizations for use, right? Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson. Each of these vaccines vary in different ways, as Pfizer and Moderna are mRNA vaccines, which means it uses a harmless synthetic fragment of genetic material from the virus to train your immune system to recognize and attack the virus itself. Johnson & Johnson, on the other hand, is the viral vector vaccine. This means that it uses a genetic fragment of the coronavirus into a deactivated common cold virus, which will enable your immune system to better identify and attack the coronavirus. Each of these vaccines are administered through injection of the muscle in your upper arm. In fact, among 43,448 adults, the efficacy of the Pfizer vaccine protected a range of between 29.5% to 68.4% against symptomatic COVID-19 after dose 1. And for dose 2, it was an efficacy of 90, 90.3 to 97.6%. Vaccines do offer a solution to viruses without getting sick first. Vaccines are made, of the, made out of the same parts of what cause disease. For example... The polio vaccine is made from the polio virus. The polio virus in the vaccines are either killed or they're either functionally weakened so that they do not make you sick. When you get that COVID-19 vaccine, the needle pokes your skin, right? But what happens after that? So your immune system will react to the vaccine by making these proteins called antibodies. These antibodies will destroy the virus in the vaccine and like in, like in exercise training, right? It trains these antibodies to stay in your body and gives it immunity. And these are these antibodies are here to protect you in the long term too from future infections. They remain in your bloodstream. And if the same virus ever tries to infect you again after a number of years, they will come after them for your defense. This is the beauty of immunity. This is why when people get sick with chicken pox only once, they remain immune for life even though they could be exposed to it many, many times during their lifetime. To quickly debunk some common vaccine myths, the vaccine will not give you the virus, okay? The vaccine only contains small fragments of the material taken from the actual coronavirus and they are unable to transmit the virus. Vaccines also do not affect your DNA, 
as none of the fragmented material can enter the nucleus of your cells where the DNA exists. There is some biochemical stuff with, with membrane permeability and all those things, but we're not going to get that deep into um, those topics in this podcast episode. As always, I just wanted to mention that this podcast is part of my effort to bring zero cost to consumer public education about science as it is unrelated to my roles as a personal trainer and as an undergraduate student. So, in our main sleep podcast episode, I introduced you how getting a sufficient amount of quality sleep greatly serves your immune system. The fine research about sleep and the COVID-19 vaccines are not very clear, but there are plenty of other studies from other types of vaccines that have found that sleep deprivation can reduce the effectiveness of the vaccine. For instance, in a study done with the flu shot, patients who are sleep deprived and this was quantified as fewer than seven hours of sleep per night, by the way, had a lower immune response and were 11 times more likely to remain unprotected despite being vaccinated. Additionally, in the seasonal influenza virus, IgG antibodies in individuals who were restricted to only four hours of sleep in four consecutive nights their antibodies were less than half of those measured in individuals without sleep deficits. It is during sleep during the night, not during wakefulness in the day, that promotes the boosted aspects of virus-specific adaptive cellular immunity. These data suggest that extending sleep duration at the time of the vaccination, such as the days after getting the vaccine, can increase antibody responses and potentially reduce the incidence of the disease. There is even evidence that flu shots appear to be more effective in people who got a sufficient amount of sleep during the two nights prior receiving the shot. So let's take a deeper dive about the days of sleep before and after a vaccine, okay? In a study investigating the impact of acute sleep loss in the night after the vaccine against hepatitis A in young, healthy adults, a subsample of them failed to reach the clinically significant antibody levels at week 20. Remember what I said in the beginning of the episode. When you get that vaccine injection into your upper arm, your immune system will create and train antibodies to protect you. Therefore, in this Hep A vaccination study, because of sleep deprivation, their immune system was unable to reach the minimum amount of antibodies needed to have that immunity and line of defense because of acute sleep loss. So, white blood cells, right? White blood cells are those in your immune systems that can travel to affected areas in the body and they can get diminished with sleep deprivation as it impairs how the body can protect itself. Along with impaired functioning of white blood cells, sleep loss can also decrease the immune response through our T cells, which are the active participants in immune response. When we experience a lack of sleep, our stress hormones increase which will increase the levels of integrin that helps T-cells stick to virus-infected cells, and therefore you have less effective T-cells, right? T-cells are the ones that, that allow for immune response, by the way. Lastly, let's talk about the timing of the vaccination. So because our immune system largely runs on our circadian rhythm, when you get the vaccine, and when you, when you get the vaccine, may affect the immune response to COVID-19 vaccines, 
outbreak. So, in a study with the hepatitis A and influenza vaccines, it was found that administering these vaccines in the morning instead of the afternoon resulted in almost a two-fold higher antibody production four weeks later, although this was only an effect seen in men. Several uncertainties do remain, such as how to determine the appropriate time of the vaccine for night shift workers or those with delayed sleep phase syndrome, as these groups often have a chronic circadian disruption and exhibit a markedly greater risk of COVID-19 diagnoses. There is an urgency of achieving global coronavirus vaccination, and researchers are gathering information about individual sleep patterns before and after vaccines, as well as vaccination timing, which is a very exciting time to uncover new research. These future findings could provide more conclusive information for public health intervention, healthcare providers and their patients, and the development of future vaccines to optimize the efficacy of vaccines. That's all I have for you in today's episode, and I wanted to mention that an important feature of this podcast is that we deep dive into several topics at a time. Therefore, by stopping here, I recognize that there are probably many other questions, so stay tuned every Thursday and Sunday for new released episodes. Other than that, I'm going to leave you with the same message I leave you in every single one of my Dear Heart and the Brain podcast episodes. Keep that brain sharp, keep that heart healthy, and go dominate. Thank you so much for your time and attention, and above all, thank you for your interest in science.